welcome back to our people podcast here at Veolia where we connect our people to our purpose through our people. Today we are joined by Beth Paget. Beth, it is so good to have you here. Welcome. Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for coming today. Beth, I am so excited to have this conversation with you so our fellow colleagues are able to connect with you and meet you through the realms of podcasting. Before we get into it and we hear about your world and we hear about your day-to-day, I want to start with where you call home. Where I call home, so I come from a lovely little town called Hedgeend. It is just outside of Southampton um, and I live in Hampshire and there's, you know, a bit of everything. Got fields, got city, so it's a nice little median and I live there with my three and a half year old daughter. So it's just the two of us. So what I want to do, Beth, is I want to create that space so people can understand who is Beth? Who's Beth Mm -hmm. that's here on this episode? Do you want to talk us through what your role is here at Veolia? Yeah, so I work as an area transfer station manager and I work on the Hampshire Waste Disposal Contract. I run three transfer stations and they are basically where all the kind of waste from the people of Hampshire put their bins out on a Friday um, and that waste then comes into transfer stations. So whether it be your recycling, your black bag, um, even your green waste, and then that comes into transfer stations and it's just a stopgap. So they could go to the material recovery facilities or the energy recovery facilities um, or the composting facilities. So we then send that to those locations. Amazing. Beth, let's take a step back because I am so interested in this topic because everybody puts their bins out, like you've just said, on a Friday. We roll the bin out and it then goes. It's out of our radar. But then there's this whole operation that sits behind it where it's like, okay, so what has to actually happen with it now? You mentioned material recovery and energy recovery. I see those as roots, like they're they're different roots in terms of that journey of where that waste goes. Can you just share a little bit about what happens in those roots and why there's different roots of where where they'll go? So if if there's somebody listening to this Mm -hmm. and they're like, okay, a transfer station... What's happening there? And then (laughs) why is it, why are we transferring it? Okay, so there's different routes because we want to try and, you know, not send things to landfill. Um, So we want to try and, you know, recover as much as possible from the waste. So whenever you put your bins out, the reason that we have separate bins is to then start the process of those routes. So your local authority comes and collects your bin and then brings it into a transfer station. We have different bays in the transfer station that holds the different wastes. And then the different wastes then travel separately um, to the locations that we need to send them to. So we have, yeah, so the black bag will go to the the energy recovery and the recycling, go to the material um, recovery. And then from there, they then sort through that recycling that, you know, somebody's put their bin out and then get sent off and they can make, you know, new glass material, new paper material, Mm -hmm. all those kind of different recycling avenues. Yeah. And why is that important to do that? Now I've got my three and a half year old daughter. I really kind of think more about the future of us. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, when you just put your bin out, you don't really think about it. But actually you're making a massive difference yeah. of um, the future of the planet. You know, if you just throw it all into a hole in the ground and to a landfill site, nothing's going to happen to it. So at mm. least, you know, when you're putting out your green bin or your recycling bin, you can then something then goes and happens to it and then makes a product from it and then you're reusing it and helps the whole purpose of the future. Yeah. 
It's it's interesting, and I'm glad we're having this conversation because I'm. But I'm definitely that person when you pop round to your family or friend's house and you see them not putting it in the right one. Oh yeah. There's so much that goes into it. My and... friends, whenever I'm at a party, <laughs> they're just like, she's going on again about recycling. Or if I find out that they've put in batteries in bins, I'm like, no, please don't put a battery in a bin. <laughs> you know, somebody is at home, they don't think about it because they don't have to see what happens to it. But someone's put their battery in the bin. What? Why would you not want to do that? People put batteries and even disposable vapes. People put them in the bin because they don't know where else to do with them. Yeah. And then they come into transfer stations um, and where they're sat in all the waste, they then break down and they cause fires because they have an ignition point. And unfortunately, when you have a fire, it ruins the waste that you've got that you could have recovered elsewhere. So, yeah. yeah so. <laughs> don't put batteries in bins. Yeah. <laughs> Get a little jar. I'm sure yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, there's so many places now, like most supermarkets have, you know, battery disposal points. There we go. We're sharing hints and tips on this episode, exactly. everybody. We're Advice. sharing hints and tips. Um, so thank you, Beth, for sharing. What I would love to hear from you in this space and time that we've got together is thinking about the day-to-day that you've just you've just got into. If we take a step back and we look at how is that playing a fundamental part of ecological transformation? Okay, so I think the transfer stations are the unsung heroes. I might be a bit biased (laughs) because I run them, but I do think that they're fundamental to the whole ecological transformation. Just the fact that, you know, we take in all of the waste, they all come to the transfer stations and we then supply that waste to the next locations that then recover it we didn't have transfer stations we wouldn't have those points get those wastes to those locations and so you know my team that I've got you know day to day they make a massive part of it because without yeah. that waste those other places can't function they are mm. such a small part and you know they don't always look very glamorous mm. um but they do play such an important role I can imagine that that is a vast amount of waste that's coming into you a hundred percent. So in the Hampshire contract, there are seven transfer stations um, dotted around Hampshire. So I run three of them. They're all in different places. So they each have different local authorities coming into their locations. Yeah. And it helps the local authorities as well because they've got one place that they can go yeah. to tip their waste. I'm really glad that you're here to share that because I do, as I've said at the beginning, especially with the topic that we're talking about today and the work that you and your teams do and our fellow colleagues in that space is once it's left our, our, our peripheral, it's like it's gone outside of mine, but it hasn't. It's just beginning. No. You play a massive part is what yeah. I see. Exactly. And I think, you know, anything that we're not sending to landfill is a positive. Yeah. You know, when the 1960s we were putting everything in the ground. Yeah. And so now we're moving forward, finding better ways to yeah. keep going. Yeah, wonderful. Beth, thank you for sharing that. I, I'm You're definitely painting a picture for me and I'm hoping everybody else who's listening. So what I want to do is bring it back to you, Beth. Mm-hmm. What role does purpose play in the work that you do? And when I'm talking about that, the bigger picture piece, how is it that you align yourself and the team the opportunity to connect with purpose? Yeah, so on my site levels and operationally, we try and align with the purpose as best we can in terms of, you know, even small little things that we do on sites like watching our diesel usage, um, watching how much we're using the machines, so only using them when we need to. Those little things make a big difference. Like we've now got um, recycling bins on all our sites. Um, I think when you're a mobile plant operator or, you know, you're operationally in a job and you're doing the same thing day in day out you don't see 
always what your greater purpose is to the whole um, process. Mm. And I think it's really important that we tell our staff and our colleagues that, you know, it's a, such a small job that you might think you do, but actually you do such a why you help the wider picture so much and without yeah. you it wouldn't work you are really living and driving our purpose for yourself for your operation that you run and for your team it's amazing to see that you are embedding that and you are helping your team connect with that i think so and i just i always like to be really optimistic and quite a like happy bubbly person and yeah. i really want that to like kind of come across to my team as well yeah. um just so that like okay I get sometimes that it's waste and you know it's raining and everything else but we can be positive about it and we can look at a different kind of angle from it and I hope they kind of see that as well yeah absolutely we spend so much time at work and like you say people might be out in their own they probably need that yeah it goes such a long way um so Beth you know you've just shared there all the work that you do and um, how you actually go, you know, outside of your day to day, but you care about how people feel. What is it that drives you to do that? I think what drives me to do that is just trying to be the best person I can be, like both professionally and personally. I think professionally, I want to try and make a difference. And then personally, I want to try and like, be that influence of other people and leave a lasting impression to people that they're like oh, okay like she's really nice I want my daughter to kind of look at me and be like oh she's she's working she's managed to not do it all like I you know as, as a mum you just end up struggling all the times you're constantly juggling but I just want her to kind of look up and be like look she's managed to do this and you know I'm working I'm looking after her we've you know we have a house and to kind of be a kind of role model for her really as much as I can yeah. um, and I think being a female in this industry as well I walk into an office and I'm just surrounded by multiple men yeah. and I'm like you know what do you know what like I deserve to be here as much as everybody else yes you do um, and so I think that's really kind of what I kind of channel as well I can do my job I channel it and I you know like to think I'm good at my job sometimes <laughs> I, I am absolutely confident to say I'm yeah. sure you are wonderful at your job <laughs> So if we talk about ecological transformation, what, what does that mean to you? So ecological transformation means for me that I'm making a better world for the future. Um, whether it being, I have to think when I'm at home, can I put this in the recycling bin or things like changing my car. So soon I'll be driving a hybrid car. That's a little change in my life that makes actually probably a big difference to you know my overall carbon footprint um, and I think moving forward with the ecological transformation um, and delivering that message to everybody else so mm -hmm. at work just even if it's just small conversations and it doesn't have to be a full like sit down like let's lecture you on what it is it's just like a quick oh by the way why don't we do this instead of this because that way it might save us you know a little bit of carbon footprint it might move us forward a little bit be even more green on site and at home as well mm -hmm. yeah wonderful it, it, it's when you were saying that then I I always it's one of my favorite quotes and it's being the change that you want to see yeah and it's the whole actions aligning and I, I see that with you it it does make a difference and it's lovely to hear your mindset around that you understand that and you you're actively putting it into practice you practice what you preach exactly and I think, you know, the more you could just kind of 
keep saying it to both yourself and other people, the more you just start living it naturally as well. Because yeah. um, I think people say it takes three weeks to make a habit. Yeah. So if you know if you can get through three weeks of putting the right thing in the bin, like yeah. it just becomes second nature in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, definitely. I absolutely see that influence. I see that you've got a wonderful insight. You're very passionate about what what it is that you do and you want to help share that with other people. So just in the realms of what we're talking about today and your knowledge, your industry, what you have got your expertise in, what subjects do you think we should be teaching our next generations about? I think it's all about kind of just showing them practically because it's all well and good, you know, sitting, you know, sitting them down in a classroom and reading it in a book or you know, showing them pictures of the world burning um, or piles of rubbish. Mm-hmm. But I think get kids and stuff out there, you know, get them to go and see a HWRC and get them to go and see what kind of impact they're having at such a young age mm-hmm. because a three-year-old, she understands that what needs to go in what bin. Yeah. Um, and she kind of, she starts asking questions about where it's going. And it's, I think it's about, you know, following those questions up so not just being like oh we're just going to put our bin out and then it goes away it's by having that next step of being like we're going to put the bin out and then it's going to go here and when they're at school and stuff you can go and see that we have um, wonder days in hampshire i'm not sure if other places do it but hampshire we have wonder days at the erfs and the murphs that you can go and go and have a look at the what's going on and the operation and i think that that just helps a full picture practically of yeah how it move forward brilliant and, and did you say wonder days wonder days yeah so the erfs and the murphs in hampshire they run i think two a year yeah um and they invite different people to come along um and you it's just basically like an open day and yeah. you can walk around and kind of look at the day-to-day yeah. operation of what's actually going on there as i think so many people have preconceived ideas of what mm-hmm. they think's going on in those buildings mm-hmm. you can actually go and have a look and see for yourself <laughs> let me come down i'll come <laughs> yeah. hang down there with you. have a wonder day <laughs> Um, so Beth, I have really enjoyed hearing about you. I see your passion and about the work that you're doing and and what you're tangibly doing in your operational role day to day. What is going to keep driving you in your role? I think what's going to keep driving me in my role is to keep progressing to keep moving forward there's always new ways that we can start looking at recycling there's always new um innovations coming out for us to trial um and move forward with them and i hope that with my sites that we can do the same so we can look to the future of what new technologies are coming out um and then trial them use them Mm -hmm. um as best we can we're always going to need transfer station as humans we're always going to create waste a lot as yeah. I've said people do and we're trying to stop that um how do you how do you keep your team in the loop ahead of, of what's happening there's not a massive operation in terms of people at transfer stations so the biggest one that I run has six people on them so yeah. there's not you know a massive group of people that you can get into one place so it's about I think with the teams that I've got it's about having that one-on-one conversation with them or just the general chats. So, you know, we could be just chatting about our day when they're having their break and fitting in those little pointers in. And I think that's when people kind of listen more as well. Um, So I think, you know, having lots of different ways to 
spread news is such a good way because you can have the newsletter for one person because that's what they like to do yeah. you have chats with another person um the podcast is another one yeah. is another way to kind of get um news and the purpose out there as well yeah and have you noticed that by offering all those different spaces that that helps drive more conversations and in- engagement with your team i think my teams that I work with and I work close together with, they're interested. They want to know. Um, so they are asking questions. It's just about having the right answer to give them back. It's about having making sure that you have the right information and then telling them the right information. Yeah. And it kinda it's kinda coming back in a loop around how we started the conversation today. If waste isn't taken disposed of correctly you're polluting but then you've got it then so you've done that one step okay so brilliant you've got your transfer station but then it's like what do we do with it from here and you're feeding so many different facets to preserve resources as we start to come to close this wonderful conversation um I want to bring it back to you so we want to hear from you around what is it that you would like to be remembered by I think I would like to be remembered to bring a little bit of joy to someone's day, to just have a little bit of, you know, happiness. I think you never know what's going on in people's lives. And I think, you know, you could you could really change somebody by just having a conversation with them. And it doesn't it doesn't have to be work based. And I think I'd love to be remembered as somebody who, you know, had a positive impact both on somebody and professionally and personally. Yeah. Well, I definitely feel that from you. Uh, that's how I will re- remember you when we part ways today and we head home. So what we do at the end of every conversation is we want to keep you all connected because hopefully you've been listening to them all and you'll see that there's such a diverse group of people that are coming to talk who are in different parts of the business here at Viola in different roles. So the last guest that we had was Martin Brown. And I asked Martin to leave a question that I know you haven't seen. So Martin wanted to know from you, Beth, if you could be reincarnated as any animal, which would you choose and why? I think, you know, be reincarnated, but as like a lion cub. But it's not quite, you know, the majestic lion. I'm not quite there yet, I don't think. <laughs> but just, I'm, I'm learning. I'm going to be something. I'm going to, you know, move to something great. But, you know, as at the moment in my life, I'm just like learning to go along with things and taking the knowledge in and then come from there. There we go. We'll go with a lion cub. Oh, that's so cute. I like that. (laughs) Thank you. And then you go into the majestic lion. Yeah, exactly. Eventually, the majestic lion. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening, for tuning in and for hearing Beth's story. Um, I really appreciate everybody that's taken the opportunity to listen. It's been so lovely to hear from everybody as well how much they're learning through this. Stay tuned, ready for the next one. We will keep inviting all of our wonderful people to talk about purpose, what it means to them. And we do that through you, through our people. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye.